0: Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. Today is a special day in the Central Pennsylvania region, and especially in Lancaster County. The Lancaster County Community Foundation is holding the fifth extraordinary give. It began at midnight this morning and will continue until 11:59:59 tonight. Until then, you can go online at the website extragive.org and choose from more than 425 nonprofit organizations, including WITF, and direct a contribution to one or more. More than one organization. Every dollar donated at extragive.org today will be stretched with $350,000 from the Lancaster County Community Foundation, Rogers & Associates, and other sponsors. And there are $50,000 in extra prizes you can win for the causes, too. As part of the Extraordinary Give event today, Smart Talk is broadcasting live from the historic Central Market in downtown Lancaster. And it's always fun to be here on this very special day. Joining us, first segment of today's program is Sam Bressy, president and CEO of the Lancaster County Community Foundation. Tracy Cutler the vice president of communications of the Community Foundation. And Rick Rogers of Rogers & Associates, one of the major sponsors. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks a much. You know, I I may have said this in other years, but I don't think anyone will remember unless I brought it up. But uh, this always, it's such a fun time, and I think it's such a positive day where there are good things going on. But I always look at it as the start of the holiday season. Thanksgiving is next week. You can't come up with a better time for people to open their hearts and... You know, be very generous and give to one of these 427 organizations. But, Sam, I'm going to start with you. This is the fifth year. I remember the very first year when you were looking to just maybe hit a million dollars.
1: Yeah, yeah we, we, uh, we actually raised $1.6 million the first year. Um, we're it's what nine o'clock we uh, are at one point six million dollars at nine o'clock in the morning here and um, so it's uh, it's it's an incredible day and going back to your original thought you know in in many communities you have Thanksgiving and you have Black Friday and you have small business Saturday and you have Cyber Monday and then after that you know whatever is left you may give in Lancaster and Central PA we reverse that. We put our community first. We start the holiday season off the week before Thanksgiving uh, by sharing our wealth with with others to build our community. And I'm I'm really proud to be part of that and to be able to be part of something that's supporting 427 organizations today.
0: Well, let's talk about the growth because not only were you happy to get over a million in that first year. Last year, you were over six million. How many uh, non-profit organizations participated that first year?
1: The first year we had 197 organizations, last year we had 367. Uh, this year we have 427, so we're 60 up, that's 16%. I'm hoping we we top our, our, our number goal by at least 16% as well, it'd be great, and I hate even saying numbers because it's more about the celebration of philanthropy, but 7 million would be a fantastic day for our community. But 6.5 million wouldn't be a half bad day either. <laughs> <laughs> half bad
0: day. Um, you know, I think I always have to remember that we may have people tuning in for the very first time and asking, okay, what's an extraordinary gift? How about if, if you could provide a little bit of history? Where did the idea come from? How did you put it all together? And I'm going to talk to Tracy in a moment about. You know, the things that have been added over the years and some of the celebrations for today.
1: So, so the Lancaster County Community Foundation is uh, the home of endowed charitable assets for Lancaster County. We do grant making throughout the year. The only reason we're able to do the work that we do is because individuals have committed their money, their wealth to us, their philanthropic uh, dollars to us. We, and we had a unique problem. We were uh, all, approaching 90 years old and... Um, very few people had ever heard of us. They didn't know about us. So Extraordinary Give in 2012 was the uh, our handshake to the community. We reached out broadly and we said look we care about what you care about in Lancaster County and why don't you come and join us in supporting these organizations but also get to know the Lancaster County Community Foundation and how you can change our community in partnership with our organization for the long term, for our children and our grandchildren. So that's really how it started. How it, you know, it was. it's an online giving marathon, extragive.org, very simple. You go on, you select your organizations, and you make your gift. And that's what a, a lot of communities do that. But in Lancaster, we've, we've really transformed this into a celebration of community philanthropy. We have the Extra Give Fest tonight. There are over 80, uh, 80 programs and events going on throughout the county. It's an insane day and it's all about the good that's in our heart and the generosity that we bring to the table. And uh, and a lot of that really is Tracy's, was Tracy's role and her influence right from the start.
0: Well Tracy, let me talk to you about that. I, I think back to the first year. WITF has broadcast Smart Talk Live every year since year one. First year we were at the Wear Center, but since then we've been here at a Central Market. but. As someone who participates this way and and gives, as an observer, you can see that it has grown so much that it has become truly a celebration here in in Lancaster County and throughout central Pennsylvania. Talk about that and what's new this year.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you're right, Scott. One of the things we learned the first year we started thinking about this was an online giving day is brilliant and there's a lot of power in that, but we said... You know, when it comes to getting coverage and helping people know that this is happening, you know, filming a computer screen isn't really that exciting. <laughs> so we said, let's let's have an event. Let's have something that people can look at. And that's really what has, you know, was the genesis and has evolved into this community taking it on. Part of the way that we talk about it is, you know, we, we create the platform and we hold the shape of this event. But Lancaster County and the organizations have taken it to a new level. And, um, you know, the creativity spills over on this day and and, um, yeah, like Sam said, more than 80 events happening around the community. So there's breakfasts all over. You know, I know there's things in Ephrata. There's whoopie pie tosses happening. There's performances going on. There's bucket drumming. Um, our Give mobile is traveling around, you know, throughout Lancaster County. We'll be, at, we've been in Columbia this morning. We'll be in Lancaster County. We'll be out near the Tanger Outlets in Ephrata. So we're on the road, and that's something that has become really palpable, and it's made this Extraordinary Giving Day—something much more than just an online celebration. We actually have, um, you know, communities from around the nation that look at Lancaster. They're really inspired by what Lancaster is doing, and they're they're curious. So a lot of folks are watching to see how we take this to a new level.
0: You know, I, and I know I've asked this question before, but I've always wondered why other communities don't look at what you do and how successful it has been, and say, you know what, let's do that.
1: We actually uh, we met with. with uh, folks at Louisville Community Foundation, uh, and two years ago, they launched, they raised $2 million their first year, and they raised $5 million this year in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so we're spreading the wealth. We're sharing the information. We're an open book. We'll, we'll help anybody. This is a good thing. We'd love to share the love. Mm-hmm. So Rick Rogers,
0: Rogers & Associates, Rick, you were on uh, an ev- part of an event we did just a few weeks ago at WITF talking about uh, retirement. The program was When I'm 65. So, you know, the advice that you imparted that night was there to help people, but being a big part, one of the major sponsors of the Extraordinary Give, you're not just helping so many people in Lancaster County, but you're supporting people in Lancaster County. Talk about your philosophy with that.
3: Well, one of the things that uh, that we saw, even that first year, when we weren't involved with it uh, financially, was the unique ability that this event has to connect donors and organizations in ways that they would never come connected uh, before. And so, as uh, Sam had mentioned, there's more than 400 organizations this year, and so I'd have your listeners uh, when they go to extragive.org and they donate to WITF and their other favorites to take a moment and look at the other organizations and find one that you had never heard about that is that their mission touches your heart and make a donation. Uh, become a new donor to that organization. We make it easy for you on extragive.org. Listed down the right hand side is the categories of organizations. So if your interest is in youth, if it's in human services, if it's in the arts, you can find something in that category, read their mission, and become a new donor today.
0: You know, something you just mentioned I think is one of the most unique aspects of this. 427 nonprofits, Sam, and as Rick just mentioned, There are are a lot of them out there that are small and look at the Extraordinary Give as their one day to raise money. They probably don't have a better opportunity to publicize and get out there in front of the public. One of the things that uh, I appreciate about your website too, that when someone goes down through the list, they can click on the organization and there's a description of what the organization does. I, I have to admit that every year when I'm looking down there, I'm like, oh. I, I was not familiar with this organization, but this is a cause that, you know, I'm passionate about something that I would like to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's just an easy way to do it, but, you know, Rick brings up a really good point.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, with 427 organizations participating, um, there's something for everyone, uh, no matter what you're passionate about. A lot of times, you, you know, we make the mistake of thinking that uh, philanthropy is all about helping Others less fortunate, and that is a huge part of it, and it's a good thing, and and we should en- embrace that. But we have arts organizations, we have healthcare organizations, we have educational organizations, we have farmland, history pres- preservation organizations. These things, nonprofits, ap- impact every single citizen. So everybody who's listening benefits from a community that's full of a wide array of powerful nonprofits, and uh, we happen to be blessed with really solid uh, organizations that are serving our community and I think we've, we've emphasized a little bit the fact that it's Lancaster County and, and that's rightfully so but the reality is that the organizations participating serve Lancaster County but they don't necessarily have to serve Lancaster County exclusively. Many of them are national organizations. I'd say most of them are regional organizations. Every single listener can go on extragive.org. Whether you're from Lancaster County, York County, Berks County, uh, Dauphin, whatever, and and you'll find someone and some organization you can contribute to on this day. And I think that's a big part of it. The other piece is again, give but share. There's a joy in giving. Everybody should experience the joy of giving. When you get giving tends to be a solitary experience, but when you give on Extraordinary Give Day, uh, it's it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to share your passion with your friends and with your social network. The, and that's the reason this event has has accepted contributions from every state in the United States and 16 countries.
0: 16 countries. You know, and I'm going to bring up something else that, that we did recently at WITF. Our, we have a, a program, a promotion we call Pick of the Month, where we highlight a book. And, well, this was a summer read, wasn't it? The Gratitude Diaries. We also have something called Summer... The um, summer read, the book was The Gratitude Diaries. We had the author on her program. She participated in uh, a couple events with WITF. But one of the things that she said and she found in that book is that people are happier when they give than when they receive. Now, you know, we've heard that as a cliche and you know, it's better to give than to receive. But she actually had done the research that people feel better about themselves and they're happier when they give to someone else rather than when they receive something. And that sounds kind of counterintuitive sometimes, but I don't know, maybe it's something you should adopt today.
2: Yeah, I, I love that. I love that, Scott. And I think that is a really powerful sensation. I think it goes back to what we talked about leading with this day, leading the the giving season, you know, with giving back. And we see it, you know, that's part of why events are really powerful, is that people come together. They're at Extra Give Fest, you know, in the evening, and it's really, it's really exciting. And there's the impulse give because people want to give, and it really is powerful in a way to to enter into the world of giving. Well, there, they,
1: there, there's also, you know, there's a $25 minimum gift on extragive.org. But that shouldn't, let, that shouldn't prevent anyone from going on Extra Give, learning about some organizations that they may find that they are really interested in and passionate about. Even if you can't give $25 today, you can volunteer. You can give your time. You can connect. There's immense rewards when you connect with people and you help the, the community. And this is all about building the community. Healthy communities provide the backdrop, the ecosystem for healthy business healthy business, equals jobs, equals healthy family. I mean, it, it just, it's its all connected. And this is a great example of us, you know, really working to, to connect the dots. Well,
0: I think that anyone who is familiar with Lancaster and Lancaster County would agree that it is a healthy community, a very generous community. I want to thank uh, the three of you for being with us today. Sam Bressi and Tracy Cutler from the Lancaster County Community Foundation, Rick Rogers, Rogers Associates. I, you know, I see the, the two of you anyway sitting looking at your cell phones. I have an iPad in front of me, so we're over 1.7 million dollars now. So uh, we did pass that during the show. I'm sure you guys will be looking at it throughout the day today. Where those numbers?
1: We raised about 120 thousand dollars in the 20 minutes that we were just speaking. There we
0: go. Thank you very much for being with us today. You're,
1: welcome.
0: You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF. Your home for NPR news and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Welcome back to Smart Talk. We're broadcasting live from the Extra Give, the Extraordinary Give in Lancaster County, put on by the Lancaster County Community Foundation, broadcasting live this morning from Central Market in York. We'll be here until about 10 o'clock, and we'll be talking with some of the nonprofit organizations that are participating in the Extra Give this year. But I also want to mention that uh, WITF, we have a number of uh, WITF staffers will be at Mean Cup, in Lancaster it's uh, 398 Harrisburg Avenue uh in Lancaster I'm going to be there between 11 and 12 Fred Vagian our program director uh 12 to 1 Marie Cusick will be there this afternoon I believe between 3 and 4 so uh stop by say hello it's an opportunity for you to give share a cup of coffee a snack uh we actually have a big frame there that you can get a selfie taken uh, by yourself if you don't want to have us radio types on the, on the air but if you do there is that option as well immigration has been a huge topic of conversation over the past eighteen months of the presidential campaign politics aside and we are going to put politics aside because this is a positive day there are immigrants and refugees coming to this country for asylum church world services that has an office in lancaster provides support and assistance for them joining us on the program this morning is if I could, uh, where are I oh here you are, Sheila Master Pietro is director, and Stephanie Gromick is community resource center or resource coordinator with Church World Services. Ladies, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having us. Sheila, I've had you on uh, Smart Talk several times before, but you know, and I am not going to get into the politics of this, but we do know that immigration has been a big part of the conversation over the past year past year and a half when we're talking about, uh, you know, some of the issues that Americans are voting on. that have any impact on you?
4: Well, yeah, and glad to hear that we're putting politics aside today. Right. I know, <laughs> I know. I, this is as far
0: as I go with it. Okay. Uh,
4: yeah, definitely it does have an impact on us. Um, we continue to do, I mean, we'll continue our program no matter what, um, but our funding has not at this point been affected. Um, we are very strongly supported in Lancaster, um, so I can't say that we have noticed any upsurge in, in any kind of um, ethnic or, uh, discrimination or anything like that, but we're looking forward to what um, the new president um, will, in fact, change in the refugee resettlement program for the United States. It's hard to say.
0: Stephanie. For those who may not be familiar with your organization, give us a brief description of what Church World Services does.
5: Yeah, so Church World Service, uh, we are a global uh, a local office of a global um, organization that resettles refugees. And um, our office locally, we resettle. We have a resettlement program, which is sort of the bread and butter of what we do. Uh, we, you know, welcome our families at the airport. We pick them up. We provide provide housing. Um, we you know, furnish their apartments with in-kind donations from the community, uh, and then we go further into helping to you know, have them adjust to life in the United States, so help them to find a job, help them to get enrolled into ESL classes and learn English, and uh, you know, the children into school, and then further on down the line, you know, we can help with uh, legal services and immigration, um, adjusting of status with their green cards, and all the way to their citizenship too.
0: You know, I know that, uh, you know, we're talking about people and not all people are alike. But give me a sense of what a refugee, what an immigrant coming to this country that you work with, what are they thinking? What, are they, what do they look at and say, yeah, I don't know whether this is something that I can do, these challenges. They have to be a little bit anxious. Talk about that, if you would
5: you know it's it's this is this is humbling work this is humbling work and it's inspiring work uh, all at the same time because we have the opportunity to see these they they are the world's most vulnerable people and by the time that they get here and they they get you know into their into their apartments into starting their new lives they are ready to go and that's the most incredible thing is that you know we offer 90 days on average of of really intensive case management services and by the end of those 90 days a lot of people may think holy cow how are we how are we you know how are those families supposed to be off and running but the fact is is that many of them do and many of them are ready to go because they've been waiting for so long to just finally get here and so now they're here and they're they just hit the ground running Mm -hmm. it's really incredible
0: sheila there has been so much attention on syrian refugees and i know that uh, we have some Syrian refugees uh, here in, in Pennsylvania, resettled here in Pennsylvania. But uh, I understand that while that has gotten much of the attention, there are refugees, immigrants coming from other countries that you've been working with recently.
4: Yeah, that's true. Um, the number of Syrians we've received so far is actually small compared to uh, the Congolese uh, the Congolese population. That is the civil war in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh, That is now our majority population, and we also have a high number of Somali refugees coming. We still have uh, refugees coming from Burma, the uh, ethnic minorities from that country who have been in refugee camps for up to 20 years. Um, And then smaller numbers of Sudanese, Iraqis, uh, uh, Ethiopian, Eritrean refugees. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, the, the people that are coming to this country, what are, I mean, you mentioned Congo. Civil War, Somalia, there are times where Somalia is described as not even having a government that it's so chaotic. Uh, how do they become, how do they become a refugee or able to get to this country, and what do they need when they get here? I mean, I, I can imagine that, especially the children, that a lot of people have been traumatized.
4: Yeah, I could speak to uh, how, how they get here. So you have, to be a refugee, you have to be outside your country of origin, outside your homeland. So first they have to make the trek and cross the border of their country, then they have to register with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, as a refugee, um, and be determined that they are a refugee according to the United Nations, and then they have to, if they're sent to the, before they're sent to the U.S., they go through a a high number of screenings to make sure that they really deserve refugee status. So it's a long, long trek, it could be up to um, three years once they even register. Uh, you know, for refugee status. Um, and then after that, they could be living in refugee camps for up to 20, 25 years as some of the refugees that we've resettled have been. And then what do they expect? I'll well, let Stephanie answer that. Well, what, uh,
5: what do they expect when they get here? Um, you know, definitely I think it's, it's uh, an opportunity to rebuild their lives, um, the, a chance at, at, at hope and uh, safety and security. Um, And just, you know, freedom to to continue what they they left. Mm
0: -hmm. I hate to use the word surprises, but what gets their attention most about coming to this country, to the United States? I mean, I know that many of them have their ideas from what they've seen on television, what they've heard. But once they actually get here and set foot on American ground, what surprises them?
4: I think I would say it's the grocery stores and the horses <laughs> that we have. It's really big. Um, and then, but I heard a story just this week. We had an arrival from Somalia. It was a single guy. And our arrivals go into JFK and then are driven down by airport limo to Lancaster Airport. This poor guy didn't know, didn't understand what was happening. And he told our caseworker he was ready to jump out of the van if it slowed down because he thought he was going to be trafficked. Oh, my goodness. It was scary. They don't know what to expect, some of them.
0: Is there that fear, though, that, uh, you know, that has happened in some of these countries, trafficking and uh, where they're inducted into the army against their will or, you know, their their families taken away? I mean, even though they feel, probably feel that the United States is safe, they've experienced those things. They've witnessed those things and Mm -hmm. think that. That could happen to them.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're coming into a, a land that they don't know. Um, and, and that's that's the reality of it is that things are so bad from where they're coming from that they are, that, that is their only option to come to some place that they have no idea what's going to happen. And they're trusting their lives with us. And so, you know, that's what we really work to do is to. Um, and everything, all the money that's raised today, you know, that goes to provide that more holistic approach to resettlement. Uh, and to all of our services that that we provide. All right.
0: Well, let's talk about that because that's one of the reasons we're here today, is to uh, raise money for the extra give. And by the way, I see we just passed 1.8 million dollars, which <laughs> yes, is it's amazing. It, it really is. So, why are you involved in the extraordinary give, Sheila? You said that uh, you have seen no difference in funding since the presidential election or during the whole controversy of the presidential campaigns. Uh, no discrimination, which is a good thing so far. But why is this important to you and your organization's Church, church World Services?
4: Well, refugee resettlement is so important. Um, I believe that refugee resettlement actually saves lives. I mean, the, we resettle, um, the, the world resettles fewer, less than 1% of the total number of refugees in the world today. So that sounds like a lot to bring in 110,000 people. Um, but it's not, it's just a very small fraction of who we could do. Hmm. Um, and I believe that it saves lives.
0: When you say it saves lives, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's very easy to see that if, uh, the, the refugees that, uh, if they did not make it to this country, that there wasn't uh, a chance that, that, they would not survive where mm-hmm. they, where they are.
4: Yeah. I mean that it literally saves lives, but also figures, figuratively speaking, um, when people are in refugee camps where they can't work there's not enough food not enough water um, it's important and and every human being deserves a life of dignity and enough to eat and a shelter and that's what we're giving refugees
0: sheila master pietro is director and stephanie gromick is community resource coordinator with church world services good luck today uh... i, I haven't i haven't looked down to see what uh, has mm-hmm. been raised or who have has contributed so far but uh, good luck today and Raising money and in, in all your work, thank you for all the things that you do.
4: Yeah, thank you, Scott, Thanks for We're having us. So grateful.
0: You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. We are coming to you live from Lancaster Central Market, the Extraordinary Give. It is the fifth annual Extraordinary Give. And WITF has been here, Smart Talk has been here for all five years, and we have just seen the growth that. You know, $1.6 million they raised that very first year in 2012. And last year it was over $6 million. And right now, from what I understand, at $1.8 million, it is ahead of the pace of where it was last year, raising $6 million. There are 427 nonprofit organizations that you can give to. It's very easy to do. Go online at extragive.org. You can see the whole list of 427 Click on them. It has a description. Almost anything that uh, you're passionate about, that uh, you would like to be generous with, and open up your wallets or your purses and and give today. There is something there. The arts, human services. Um, oh, you name it. Healthcare. WITF, if you are a um, big supporter of uh, WITF, uh, we are one of the nonprofits that uh, you can contribute today, and to today, I should say. And uh, you go to extragive.org and you can find WITF and the other 426 nonprofits on there as well. And uh, we encourage you to do that. This is a big celebration, not just in Lancaster County, but throughout central Pennsylvania. And as an example, that An example of this not just being something for Lancaster County. Millions of Americans ride horses for fun. A horse is still a part of many of people's jobs, like police officers. Just passed uh, some police officers in downtown Lancaster this morning riding horses. But for those who have a wide range of cognitive, physical, or emotional conditions, riding a horse can act as therapy. Joining us is Ben and Shirley Nolte. They're co-founders of Capital Area Therapeutic Riding Association, Mr. And Mrs. Nolte, thank you very much for being with us today. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well, Mrs. Nolte. How are you? I'm
6: fine. Yeah. Thanks for
0: asking us. Well, yes. In fact, when I say that the uh, capital area, you are in uh, more than just Lancaster County. Obviously, your, your organization is based in Grantville in Dauphin County. But let's talk
7: about what you do. Now, you've been around for a while, right? That's for sure, Scott. Catra began in the fall of 1985. In
0: 1985. Now, where did you get the idea, and how did you know that providing horse, riding horses is therapeutic to some people?
7: Having been lifelong horse people, we've been in, involved with all aspects of the industry uh, for a long, long time. And in the uh, early 50s, there was a lady in England that rehabilitated herself by riding a horse. And that sort of started the movement that came across the water and uh, dropped down into the states of the 60s. So it's a pretty young industry in this country. But riding horses has been therapeutic for people for ages and ages. Therapeutic in what way? The horse is the only thing known to mankind that simulates human motion. So when you're sitting on a horse, your body's receiving the same input as if you're walking normally. So if you took somebody who's uh, limited in their walking ability or be in a wheelchair, put them on a horse, uh, safely facilitate the ride. The motion of the horse is extremely therapeutic.
0: Mm-hmm. Shirley Nolte, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, the people who are using, who are riding for therapy, but who are some of your clients? Who are the, some of the people that come to you for therapy?
7: All of our riders come to us with a physician's prescription and a therapist's evaluation. And what Shirley does is design a specific lesson plan to meet either their cognitive or their physical goals. So if you take someone who is uh, rehabilitating from an accident, who has walking problems, uh, all the things that come through the uh, many of the agencies represented in the Extra Give uh, mm-hmm. would have kids that would ride with us with cerebral palsy, multiple sclerosis, uh, someone who is blind, car accident, head injury, you name it. Mm-hmm. Shirley, talk about some of those uh, programs
0: that your husband just described. How do you come up with these?
6: So far as the difference in each rider, the similarity is in their reaction to the movement. Some will react because of their physical disability with a relaxation. Some that do not have a physical but have a mental um, different autism and delayed aspects will respond with a smile. And the smile is what gets you Mm -hmm. because they may not have smiled that day. So the physical... You can see them relaxing, you can see the movement of the horse is similar to walking with a person, and if they've never walked before, they're experiencing walking like a real person would. So, those are different things. We've had a lot of people come across in the last 31 years that have benefited definitely.
0: Tell me some of the stories, I mean, or at least a a story. Um, done it for the last 31 years when you say that uh, you've had like maybe someone who is um, intellectually disabled and they respond with a smile. Is there any, anyone that you've worked with or people that you've worked with that you think boy that just makes me really feel good that we're helping?
6: I believe that recently and you know every year I'll have one more that kind of says keep going, keep doing it Recently, one child, teenager, had no facial expression whatsoever. The first time she rode, it was just kind of very flat, no affect at all. And so she came back the next time and she was really no expression until we trotted. And I snapped a picture of her and she had the really, beautiful smile so that kind of makes you want to do it again it's
0: making me smile just listening to the story
7: that's, i mean that's a great story we had one family years ago a father and two sons the younger son was active and could do everything he wanted the older son had some issues and issues with balance issues with walking and had ridden quite a while and one saturday morning the dad came in and he was almost glowing he and his boys went for a bike ride all together as a family And he accredited the time that his older son had spent riding, developing his balance and abilities on a moving object to be able to go bike riding with the family.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's face it, a horse is a big animal. Do you have some trepidation? I mean, some of, and when I say kids, am I
6: right in saying that this is mostly young people? No. Um, All ages? Ages. Uh, Our youngest was one years old. Really? Our oldest was 93. Okay, so that runs the gamut. There's (laughs)
7: still still hope for you, Scott.
6: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I
0: got a few years to go, but I don't know. I'll try to pass that 93. But um, when, you know, like I said, the horse is is a large animal. And probably many of uh, your clients have experienced some challenges physically or mentally. And when they're standing next to that horse, are they ever frightened and say, you know, I don't know whether I wanna do this or not? Are the parents or the people with them frightened? Or do they look at this as right away as there's that connection between the animal and the person?
7: Catra is a place of opportunities. And once you visit the farm, you realize that it's a whole therapeutic atmosphere. We have horses at Catra that are only 22 inches tall. So if you take a small Mm -hmm. child or someone who has this fear and introduce them to a small horse, it kind of bridges the gap.
0: So you're in Grantville, and you just said that you had uh, one client at least who trotted. You don't get them out there on the racetrack. And, uh...
6: Well, we, have, we <laughs> have riders that can go all the way to being able to walk, trot, can, or jump.
0: Uh-huh. Or, oh, really?
6: Yes. Uh, it's, we teach them to their best ability. Yeah. We don't hold them back and um, we also incorporate different animals. We have dogs that ride with the children and there's children that are afraid of dogs. So our dogs just sit there and we are quiet and they get comfortable with them. We had one young rider many years back who was afraid of him at eight years old. We put a dog up with him, said, I'm not touching it. He was 11, we still had dogs going with him. This was 8, then he was 11, and he was getting comfortable. And by 15, uh, he was going downhill and needed a service dog, and he could get one because he was comfortable with dogs. What kind
0: of dogs do you have? Well, I'm trying to picture a dog on the on the back of a horse. It's a small one. Okay, I was going to say, I thought so.
6: We call them Chats, they're Chihuahua Terrier mixes.
0: Okay, all right. Um, why are you involved in Extraordinary Give? And by the way, I'm glad you are. But uh, why did you decide to become in- involved?
7: When we first heard about the Extraordinary Give, it was something that we thought, uh, for several reasons, every nonprofit needs funding. And this was a unique way to reach out to a broader audience than we'd ever had an opportunity to speak with before. So, And it's a, a tremendously easy way. A lot of fundraising activities are, involve meetings and events and uh... with the extraordinary give if a person has a couple of minutes and the heart to give all they have to do is click and away you go
0: mm-hmm. well again i'm glad is this your first year uh, No, that we've been in it for three years three years now and you know so obviously you're coming back so it's been successful and i'm hoping that uh, those hearing learning about your organization the capital area therapeutic writing association by the way yes we're encouraging people to give and and give to capital area therapeutic writing association but where are you located in Grantville, and how can those
7: who maybe
0: want to ride, how could, they do, how could they contact
7: you? We always talk to people about three aspects of participating at CATRA. We, of course, are open to people who would want to ride, and that's a visit, that's a doctor recommendation, that's a therapist recommendation. But we are 100% volunteer. We have absolutely no paid staff at CATRA whatsoever, so every dollar that's donated to CATRA goes into programming. So, of course, the volunteers and then funding. Uh, we're easy to find. We're at catra.net, and you're there. We're right behind the Holiday Inn in Grantville, and everybody's listening. I hope they'll come out and visit. Mm-hmm. So, Ben and Shirley
0: Nolte, uh, co-founders of Capital Area Therapeutic Riding Association, thank you very much for being with us today, and good luck today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR news and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar welcome back to central market in lancaster i'm scott lamar We're broadcasting live from the extraordinary give the fifth annual extraordinary give the biggest one day fundraiser in all of central pennsylvania and just looking down at uh, the board right now so far today eleven thousand four hundred twenty five total gifts it's raised one point nine million dollars it's over one point nine million dollars there's fourteen hours to go we go until midnight tonight there are 427 nonprofit organizations, including WITF, that you can choose from, and it's very easy. Just go to the website. It's all online giving. Go to the website. W It's www.extragive.org, and there's a stretch pool. I really didn't get an explanation. I should have explained that a little bit earlier. Depending on the percentage that you get, there's $350,000 that has contributed to those who raise a certain amount of money, depending on the percentage, depends on where you end up in the on the list of the, the 427. You know, most people who lift weights do so to get stronger or exercise physically. But there's a program in Lancaster that uses the same techniques to help young people who are at risk or have behavioral issues. Joining us is Will Kiefer, founder of Benchmark Program. Mr. Kiefer, welcome to the program.
8: Thanks, Scott. Happy to be here. You look like you're
0: in good shape.
8: I try to, I try to work out. <laughs> Comes with the job.
0: So you started this when you were a student at F&M, right? Correct. Tell me about the idea. How did you get the idea?
8: Well, I decided that I spent some time living abroad and came back to Lancaster and was missing that sense of connection to the community. Um, so I decided to reach out using a tool that I had, which was exercise, um, and I thought it would, it, would, it would be worthwhile to connect with at-risk youth and maybe offer some confidence building through exercise, and that's how all this got started.
0: Okay, now, when you, it's, it's not just getting in good physical shape. Correct. You're working with kids in a lot of other ways that could have a big impact on their lives. Talk about that.
8: So we're very quick to to note that exercise is just a tool that we use to connect with these youth who feel disenfranchised or unconnected to other programs and be struggling in school. Um, Having this community space, a very inviting gym environment with uh, popular music, um, happy people, smiles, uh, gives kids a chance to open up in ways that they might not open up otherwise. Mm -hmm. And we just use the weightlifting to generate conversation, uh, which eventually lets us work with kids towards academic and career-related goals, which really push them into successful careers.
0: Now, how do you do that? I mean, I imagine that most of the kids who show up are thinking about lifting or the exercise, getting in weight, the physical activity. So how do you make that connection, connect the dots between that and academic success or changing their behavior?
8: Right. Well, our mentors go through a training process uh, with myself and a couple of their staff members to learn how to kind of insert into a comfortable conversation a question about how's everything going at home? What are you doing this weekend? Are mom and dad there? Are you guys straight? Do you need to get somewhere? Are you going to have groceries? Uh, are you watching your, your, your little brother and sister? Um, and kids at that point are comfortable enough with us to open up and give honest responses. And then we as a team get back together and say, what did you hear this young man or this young woman say today? Is there a way that we can support them? Could we perhaps write them a resume and give them some interview skills so that we can help them get a job and then they're providing for their family, that kind of thing.
0: When you say, uh, we've been talking about young people and saying kids, what age groups are we talking about?
8: We work with 14 to 24 and the reason why we have that that, uh, that cutoff at 14 is because many of our youth are parenting at home they're working with a younger brother and a younger sister, sister while mom and dad is working. So when they come to our facility, we want them to be free of that burden of childcare, just for one to two to three hours a night, so they can really focus on themselves while they're with us.
0: Now, where do the kids come from? But really, how do they get to you?
8: So we have two gym facilities in Lancaster, and they're targeted in parts of the city where our at-risk youth live. So one's in the northeast side of town and one's in the southwest side of town. And uh, if you look at a map at Lancaster and you follow some of the the gun violence, actually you'll see that our gyms are situated in those hot spots. So the kids who live in the area and are experiencing hardship and struggle and fear can have a gym, a safe place, a comfortable place within walking distance from their houses. So our students are walking to our gym on a nightly basis.
0: Now, do they just show up or or are they recommended, uh, encouraged by someone else to come or what?
8: So the real heart of our program is this referral service that we have that we've expanded our reach out through probation officers, through clinical therapists, through uh, school district officials, guidance counselors, and even uh, peers and family members to know that if you have an individual that's struggling and you're not sure how to connect with them and you think that they might need positive guidance in kind of an, an unassuming environment, you can write this email. You, can, you could reach out to their website to refer a kid to Benchmark program.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, so let's talk about uh... The, the typical young person who comes in, and I hate to use the word typical, okay. but when they come in, um, and they, they probably, again, are thinking about weightlifting, thinking about exercise. What are they expecting?
8: So we, we're very quick to get individuals as soon as they walk through the door. So someone's going to greet you within a minute when you open that door because when you walk in... You see everyone hustle and bustle, and you saw, see small groups huddled together talking, moving about, and you assume that everyone knows what they're doing. In reality, we're all beginners. We're all working on something in there. We're all asking for help, so we're very quick to get you. As soon as you come in the door and quickly dispel all of the, premise, the, the, the conceptions that you might have when you walk in there and think, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not welcome here. I don't, I don't know how to weightlift, and I don't know how to talk to these people. We put that out of your mind right away with a smile a handshake. Welcome to the gym. Let me show you around.
0: So I don't know how to weight lift. I don't know how to, how, how does that go? How's that conversation go? Uh,
8: we, we have a ton of different mentors who can cater to a ton of different exercise backgrounds. So, you know, we really just open ourselves up to whatever the, the young man or young lady is looking for. If they're looking to tone up some part of their body, uh, many of us are certified personal trainers. Some of us are coaches at gyms like CrossFit. Others are power lifters. Um, others are just kind of sports-specific trainers. Um, and again, this program, quickly boils down to conversation and, and weightlifting comes secondary after the first couple of days. We might be sitting on a computer working instead.
0: Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm picturing this. I, one of the things that I do know is that, uh, you know, you, you say that you have two locations in Lancaster Correct. and it's where a lot of at-risk youth live. I saw that uh, when I was researching for today that you want to expand this program that you feel has been so successful.
8: We are, our, our goal is to reach out to one to two. We have two gym facilities in Lancaster. We'd like a third. We were in every neighborhood where the at-risk kids are living. We'd like to expand to Columbia, Pennsylvania, and then kind of make that natural step to York, Pennsylvania, which has an array of different issues um, that we would deal with. And if we can prove our worth in York and if we can really be of value to the community, perhaps we could expand to Harrisburg within the next five or ten years. Um, and then we'd show this natural progression from a smaller city to a, a, a different city, to a, a slightly bigger sp- city, to a city like Harrisburg with a diverse background of issues.
0: How do you measure success?
8: Well We l- generally look at if, you have a, if, you're a, if you're an at-risk youth and you have offended, do you, do we, can we keep you from offending again after you've visited our program? And if you're truant, if you're not going to school, can we get you back into school? So the two buzzwords for us are recidivism and truancy. Mm-hmm. Can we make sure our kids don't reoffend, and can we make sure our youth, our students, get back into school and get back in touch with all the resources that are already in place for them?
0: Now, do you keep track of, like, for example, 10 people came in today. Nine of them have, are on the right track now. I mean, do you follow them?
8: Correct. We're measuring things like... Has this individual filled out an interest survey? Has this individual talked about a career path? Has this individual worked on a resume? Has this individual met with a tutor? Are they open with us about their grades? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we're looking at a timeline of six months to a year before we're able to really produce these outcomes um, for the youth that we work with.
0: You know, I'm, uh, and again, I'm, I'm trying to picture this because when uh, someone is being coached uh, to lift weights, or to exercise, I mean, it's a physical thing. I mean, you could be kind of aggressive without being overly aggressive. Do you do the same thing when it comes to academics? Like, we need your grades to go up. Here are some things you need to do. I mean, that it's not just, you know, uh, we need, you know that soft-spoken kind of uh, we need your uh, grades yep. to go up.
8: Oh, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, Scott. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the discipline and the energy that comes with weightlifting that we translate into academic success. It's the same principle that can be taught through learning a new exercise and and achieving success in that exercise to learning a new skill in the classroom that you can use to achieve scholastic success.
0: Mm -hmm. Will Kiefer is the founder of Benchmark Program. Why are you involved today? And One thing I want to mention is this is the very first time you've been involved in the Extraordinary Give, right?
8: And this is gonna be our biggest fundraiser of the year, Scott. We're, We're really hoping to maximize the community recognition today Um, And and reach out to new donors and and express our our program and our interest in the community to new donors and hopefully um, get to know so many people today that this is just the beginning of a relationship between us and new community members.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you've chosen the right path because uh, the the people that, and I don't know what you've experienced so far, but just our experience, WITF's experience working with the Lancaster County Community Foundation and the people of Lancaster County is just incredible. And this day, good luck to you. Thank and, you, uh, you know, and good luck with the program. I think that uh, anyone listening today will say that's the way to go. That's a great way to get uh, kids on the, on the right track. Well, thank you very much for being with Thanks us Thanks, Scott.
8: Today. Appreciate it. All
0: right. Now, I understand that uh, we have something a little bit different here. It is radio, so you can't see this. But uh, Jessica Mallott, or Melnot. I'm sorry, I mispronounced your name, Melnot is with us right now from uh, the Lancaster Central Market. And uh, the, the market is in the midst of raising money for a new roof, a new slate roof. Tell me what, uh, why you decided to stop by, Jessica.
9: Well, I stopped by because I had an anonymous donor donate a slate to WITF for you to sign this morning.
0: Well, I, I, I look over here. That's a,
9: wow. It's a 12 by 24 slate. So you can put a significant message on there if you'd like. So with a $100 donation, you can put your message on there, and it's our own little version of a time capsule. And um, today's a great day to make that donation so that we can participate more in the extra give. But the Raise the Roof campaign is going to continue until we raise the million and a half that we need for the new roof.
0: You know, I, the first thing I saw this morning when I, when I parked and I was walking up to the market, I saw a gentleman lifting a goat out of the back of a pickup truck, And then as I walked a little further, I saw uh, some gentlemen and some ladies that uh, were dressed in what looked uh, to be late 1800 uh, attire. What's that all about?
9: So this year we decided to up our game a little bit on this day of the Extra Give, and we created a curb market outside, including vegetables, produce, and goats, and some characters dressed in period costume. We hope that we become the morning place for the Extra Give. Um, and this is our first shot at it. We're also serving a great breakfast outside. So with any extra give donation, you get a breakfast of corn, corned beef and uh, gravy on toast and eggs and a uh, uh, baked apple. It's delicious.
0: Uh, Jessica, I want to thank you very much for being with us. And I'm going to sign. I have to think about the message I'm going to put on that, and that will go on the roof, right?
9: It's going on the roof. So your message is on the underside. It's protected, and a hundred or so years from now, when it gets replaced. There you
0: are. <laughs> Jessica, thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks so and much. And thank you to that anonymous donor out there, to WITF. I want to thank you for hosting us, too, every year. We enjoy this so much.
9: It's our pleasure. We look forward to next year. That's
0: right. We're, we're not even through this year yet, but I, I agree with you. <laughs> thank Looking you. Looking forward to next year. Jessica, thank you very much. And we are almost out of time. And I want to mention that uh, uh, the day doesn't end for WITF. Uh, we will be, in fact, we already have some people here uh, that are at Mean Cup at uh, 398 Harrisburg Pike in Lancaster. Uh, you know I'll be there at 11 o'clock. We'll be taking selfies. Stop by, have a cup of coffee, a snack. Um, you know There's an opportunity for, for you to get online at Mean Cup and contribute to one of the 427 uh, nonprofit organizations. As I said, this is a fun day, and we're looking to have uh, even more fun at uh, Mean Cup 398 Harrisburg Pike in Lancaster. If you are just tuning in, you don't know what you've missed. But at the same time, throughout the day, you will hear on WITF uh, how you can give, how you can contribute to the extraordinary give. I'm looking down right now. It's at the $2,073,000, uh, and that's with 11,952 total gifts. Uh, we'll be asking for your help, WITF, one of those 427 nonprofit organizations. Coming up on Monday's program. Chef Donna Desfor. it is a Thanksgiving tradition. She will be here talking about Thanksgiving dinner desserts, traditions of your own, so be sure to tune in. Have yourself a good weekend and give today.